So we were talking about um, Jay is is going to see Nobody, the new Bob Odenkirk movie um, by the people who did John Wick. Jay postured a theory that if they existed in the same universe, he would not be disappointed. Not at all. I heard a theory, or I guess I didn't hear it. I read it on the internet, which is like the opposite of hearing it, that there are going to be five John Wick movies, one for each stage of grief. Oh... So if you, I don't know the, I don't know the stages of grief in order, um, but if you go through John Wick and then Chapter Two and Chapter Three, they do kind of follow along with the one like overarching theme. So like there, the association is there for one through three, but I don't know if it's like forced or if it's something where. People are genuinely like, this isn't a reach. So I guess we'll have to wait for four. Well, eventually he'll reach acceptance, which will, is typically the last stage. Nah, John, the, John Wick does not get a happy ending. He, it, it doesn't happen. No. The happiest ending for the John Wick character would have been to not have a sequel. Maybe that's his acceptance, though, is he accepts death. He, in in my mind, and I haven't, like delved into the lore of john wick or anything which is a thing people have done oh of course um, my my theory is he either accepts death and dies or accepts who he is and returns to being an assassin mm, maybe it will have a choose your own ending you laugh um speaking of choose your own ending meg and i were at mckay's this weekend which is a beautiful beautiful used media shop um they've got a a handful of of stores around tennessee and i think a couple in north carolina now not a sponsor if only (laughs) i'd be over the moon but i actually found a blu-ray of the one of the newer dc animated movies the death in the family okay yeah and it actually has a choose the ending option like the book originally did oh that's cool and again, for, for context, for people who might not have known, Death in the Family is one of the most iconic Batman books because it features, again, spoiler alert for this, like, at this point, like, 30-year-old comic, uh, it features the death of Jason Todd, the <gasps> second Robin. Oh, my gosh. But what makes it relevant for a choose-your-own-adventure is at the end of one of the single issues, they had a phone number. Like how American Idol, you used to have to call to vote. You remember that? Yeah. So instead of calling to vote who you wanted to be America's next pop star, you voted on if you wanted Robin to live or die. Man, that's so heavy. And people voted for him to die. That's terrible. You Terrible people. So I haven't watched it yet, and obviously I can't, I can't say what the two endings actually are, other than like lives and dies. But I also haven't read it, to be honest with you. I've never read Death in the Family. No, I haven't either. I feel like I need to because with as Jason. As it is. I know. Well, and yeah, and then your obsession with Jason as well. Yes, Jason is my favorite of the Robins. I guess it's more of his post Robin uh, escapades because you have Jason is the Red Hood, Tim is the Red Robin, Dick is Nightwing, and Damien doesn't exist in my head canon so it's really just a it's a top three 
Damien. Good gracious. He he is a word that I would love to use, but due to the <laughs> young ears that sometimes listen to this podcast. Oh, you mean like that? I thought you meant you were going to associate. Oh, man, you're being such a Damien right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I thought you were going. Yeah, that's Just up like, there with like. The insult a nerd has on their children. It was like, can you stop being a Damien for three seconds? Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Well, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is my co-host, Snack Zider. little callback from last episode. I mean, re- real talk, though. I've been called worse. Was Jeden. I like the different names that the Justice League, the two different versions of Justice League, has now. Because you have the... The good one and the bad one? Well... Yeah, and then you also have the Justice League, I think is what they're calling it now. Bruh. The original I version. I hadn't heard of that before. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I think it's really funny. People are so clever. And then just the new one is called the Snyder Cut, or is it called? I think most people are just calling it the Snyder Cut, yeah. Yeah. I saw on Twitter, um, there's a, a writer named Scott Snyder. He, uh, fa- I know him from writing Batman. Um, one of my roommates in college had, I think, most of his run on American Vampire. And he tweeted something. He was like, thanks for all you people who reached out to me thinking I was responsible for the Snyder Cut. It's very flattering. <laughs> I was just like, man, that's a really niche joke. Because not even people who read comics read DC. And not everybody who reads DC reads Scott Snyder. So I was like, man, I love being like on the inside of a joke for once. Yeah. And then you just kind of shake your head in disbelief that people think that that's part of the same person and that there's a relation. Although I guess at the same time, a casual fan for sure would be like, Snyder, DC, Snyder, DC. Oh, this must be the, at least they're related or something. Not, not in the, I mean... I would say not in the slightest. There's probably some infinitesimal, like, if they go back and back and back to Noah, then sure. yeah, they're related. Yeah, but... most people ask me, are you related to David Crowder? And I'm it's like... the beard. Yes, it is. <laughs> Although, no offense to, to Dave, but he he kind of looks like a goat. I mean, am I right? That. It's true. No, I, I can't say anything to, to counter that. Sorry, Dave. I can't believe you would say that to him. I know. I'm a jerk. I mean, I feel like that's a little far. Give yourself some credit. I can't help it. It's not like you were like, he looks like a goat and I hate goats. <laughs> like, well, that that takes it a little too far. <laughs> There's also a Steven Crowder who's a podcaster. Oh, well. No relation there either. You taught him everything he knows. He is a political podcaster. Something might we not are have not going to do Everything he owns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, news this week. I'm not going to do news this week. We're going to skip that. We've actually got a lot to talk about. (laughs) That's the news. We're skipping it until next week. Well, I'll give you you one little bit of news. Just just one little bitty bit of news. You know that there's a lot of ways that you can get in contact with us. 
You can contact us on Facebook, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. You can also follow us on Instagram at mm-hmm. yep. they didn't ask us. Uh, John is typically not the Instagrammer. I not, am the one me. who does that. In fact, if you follow us on Instagram or on Facebook, you would have known the content that we're going to be covering today. That's a reason why you should follow us so that you can get ahead of the game and get ready for the next episode you can also email us if you prefer that way the old-fashioned well uh, it's not really that old-fashioned but i guess Dad nowadays dumb. it would be the old-fashioned way jeez part i know you just died <laughs> you know the old-fashioned way like email yeah because i mean people still email but you can email us they didn't ask us at gmail.com but john yes did you know that you can also Go to our website. I was going to say you could go to our, you could donate to our PayPal account. Um, I don't think that's where you're going. Not yet. No, not, not this episode. Anyway, you can go to our website. We have a website now. They didn't ask us pod.com. And while you're there, you can connect to Facebook. You can connect to Instagram. You can ask us questions. You can see our bios. And of course, you can listen to the most recent episodes right from the comfort of our very own website. They didn't ask us pod.com. And I tell you what, I, I, I mean, to be honest, I tried to go to it at work and the filter at work was like, this website's too new. You can't go to it. And I was like, that's probably a good filter for a, a work computer to have. And then I went to it on my phone, uh, on my lunch break. If my boss is listening, it's, it's a, decently optimized mobile site as well it is i was pretty excited about that because i've been on some sites where they're exclusively desktop and not mobile and that it hurts me a little bit inside yeah it works well it adjusts to whatever device you are using it also looks good on an ipad if you use one of those or a tablet as you android users might say john shakes his head we would still call it an iPad. We would just be wrong. <laughs> it's the same thing of when you have tissues and you just call them Kleenex, even though they're store brand. Like It gets the message across. That is very much a Southern thing I have found to call things by the brand name. Because like, if you're going to have a soda here in the South, what are you going to have? A I mean, Coke. to be completely honest, I'm probably going to have like a root beer or a ginger ale. Right. But most people would say a Coke. You're not going to ask for a bandage. You're going to ask for a Band-Aid. Stomach is feeling a little queasy. You're not going to ask for an antacid. You're going to ask for a Tums. Or some Pepto. I'm weird. I actually don't hate the taste of Pepto-Bismol. Pepto tastes like birch wood. (laughs) You and I must have eaten some very different birch wood. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had a birch beer? Yes, it's delicious. Yeah, don't you think that tastes like Pepto-Bismol? Not really. I feel like Pepto is like chalky minty. Like chalky mints. Mints? Just a just a hint. What kind of Pepto are you drinking? I think it might Apparently be Apparently store John. brand. Apparently store brand. Jay's over here store rolling brand. with the name brand. The uh what what's what's the Walmart brand? Equate. Great value. Oh yeah, Equate is another Walmart brand. Great value is a that's how they get you, man. Like I used to work at Kroger and Kroger has obviously they have the Kroger brand right pretty on the nose there. But then they have Private Selection, which is the bougie Kroger brand. (laughs) 
Like, there's actually like eight different Kroger brands. Which actually, funny enough, I, and I hate to to do this to you, but uh, actually, the Private Select is not actually a Kroger brand. It's a it's a nationwide brand because um, my wife, who's from Massachusetts, they have a store up there called Price Chopper, and Price Chopper also had Private Select. Private Select or Private Selection? The the whatever it is, Private Selection. See, I hate being wrong, so I'm going to look up if Kroger owns... <laughs> I, I know you do. That's why I hated saying that. Grocery retail? You're being too loud, Sarah. <laughs> She's trying to be so quiet, so I decided to give her a I hard time about it. I am not saying a word. What did you say it was? Private selection? No, no, the the store in Massachusetts. Uh, price chopper, right? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Dammit, I hate being wrong. I don't think it is. <laughs> Kroger owns Kroger, Ralph's, Dylan's, Smith's, King Supers, which has made the news, unfortunately, this week. Uh, Fries, QFC, City Market, Owens, JC, Payless, Bakers, Gerbs, Gerbies, G E R B E S. If you live where that is, please tell us how wrong I'm saying that. Uh, Harris Teeter, Pick and Save, Metro Market. I didn't know they owned Harris Teeter. They own a lot of stuff, dude. I've always treated Private Select like a store brand. They have a whole section of their website of the Kroger animated people. Now, what are they called? Kroji. They're called Krogies? Yes, Kroger emojis. The people in the commercials, they're called Krogies, which sounds like a communicable disease. Their commercials have gotten very annoying over the past few okay but if you had if you had to pick would you want the prices are low 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 or scoop there it is scoop there it is i love scoop there it is so much (laughs) i laughed much harder at that than i probably should have but i thought it was fantastic so yes that was our news for this week but let us move on because we are going to review the first. Now, when this episode comes out, there will actually have been two episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier. But at this time, when we are recording this episode, which is Wednesday, March 24th, the year of our Lord 2021, as John spews his water. So unnecessarily <laughs> proper. There is currently only one episode. So... John, the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I know this has been a show that you have been super excited to see. Oh my! Gosh. To the point where you were wetting your britches. I I was not I was not that excited. I need that uh, recorded in MP3. After britches, you changed yourself, what was br- your initial thoughts of the episode? Britches were not wetted. Thank you. We were watching this at our friend's house. I was not about to let that happen. Normally, we, Megan, Megan and I, and some friends of ours go to um, the movies on Tuesday nights. But we were not able to go to the movies last week uh, because we're adults and life happens. So we were like, what about Friday? Get together, watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, and just kind of hang out. So we we get to their house. We have some pizza because we're adults and we didn't actually want to be responsible for dinner. And we sit down, we watch the episode, and I was so excited. The episode, it's, 
so it's only a six episode series. I don't that know where the line really is. Upset me. I don't know where the line is for mini series or not. I feel like it's flirting with that, to be honest with you. Also, I also want to add in there that I noticed on a preview, an ad for it recently, it said Falcon and Winter Soldier event, which makes me think that there's not going to be another season. I know this was so so this was originally supposed to come out before WandaVision after sitting through the I guess it's the entirety of WandaVision at this point. I feel like they're definitely making all of these shows as one-offs, with the exception of What If, because that's theoretically infinite. So WandaVision has the has a, a threefold purpose retrospectively. It has give Wanda an actual story, make her a fleshed-out character so people understand her, because up until then she was largely an unknown. Mm-hmm. And it was said before, which I have, I've mentioned multiple times, probably in each of our WandaVision episodes, to be honest with you, is that it walks up to Multiverse of Madness. So it functions theoretically as a prequel to Doctor Strange 2. And the third purpose of WandaVision is to set the stage for one of the conflicts of Captain Marvel 2. Because it's it's going to be... Monica having some type of interpersonal conflict with Carol. That's just kind of how it's going to be. And then they'll be friends again, and then they'll defeat the big bad. That's how superhero movies are. My question is what movie coming up, or I guess movies, plural, could Falcon and the Winter Soldier be setting the stage for? And I, to be honest with you, I don't know that. Because there hasn't been a... Well, no, they did. They did announce Secret Avengers, didn't they? Secret, yeah, Secret Avengers. Uh Uh-huh, they did. That would, I mean, Secret Avengers is, at this point, where I would think Bucky would land. It's so far down the road. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's artificially further down the road now because of the delay that was 2020. It's about the nicest thing I've ever called that year, a delay. Hmm. So I feel like that's just going going forward into these next episodes. I feel like that's something to keep an eye out on. It's a good question. I, that's something I hadn't really thought about because, yeah, with WandaVision, we knew where it was going. But with this one, yeah, you're right. It's very up in the air as far as where it's going, unless maybe it's not really going anywhere. Maybe it's just kind of answering that question of, Hey, what's going to happen to Captain America's shield? What's going to happen to Bucky? What's their place in all this? Maybe. I feel like if that's what they wanted to do, they could have made like a short or a movie. Yeah. I just at at this point, I don't think Marvel does anything just to do it. No. No, definitely not. Although I am still very confused as to how Black Widow is going to fit into all this. Black Widow, my my opinion of Black Widow directly undermines what I just said. <laughs> Which has now been delayed yet again to July. Was it like July? Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a Disney premiere, Disney Plus release, and a theatrical release. Yeah. It's it's the same thing Disney has started doing with their, their big releases, with the exception of Soul, 
because Soul never got a theatrical release. It was just Disney Plus. That yeah, it's gonna be the the Disney Plus premiere. I think is what they call it. Yeah, eh. I'll see. I'll see it in theaters. I will too. But anyway, back to we. I, I rabbit hold real hard there, y'all. Apologies for that. You did. Um, but we we Falcon sat down. Winter Soldier. We sat down to watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It starts, and one of our one of our friends was for certain that it starts off with a flashback with Sam in like Tunisia or something, and he's fighting Batroc, which is just such a fun villain uh another throwback to the winter soldier movie Mm -hmm. uh batrock is the person who hijacked the shield ship at the beginning of the winter soldier Mm -hmm. and fun fact batrock is played by ufc legend georges st pierre so i would imagine he does his own fight scenes he is one ba dude but it's a it's a short scene uh good guy wins bad guy loses and then they, what is it they do? They cut to Bucky doing something, or is it all Sam for a little bit? It's all Sam for a little bit, because then he is getting some sort of tea or something with the the guy that was in the Jeep, and um, he starts talking about this evil organization that's kind of coming up that's basically saying that Everything was better during those five years after the snapping, after the event, as they're calling it in the show now, in the MCU. Or the the blip? Is that what they called it? I thought, I thought the blip was when they brought people back. Oh, okay. Maybe it was. So it would be the time bef- between the snap and the blip. Yeah. So during the five years, they said that everything was better. And part of the reason was because that, you know, countries kind of... They stopped having borders. Everybody was more united, mainly because everybody was just trying to figure out what the heck was going on. So they were saying that it was better during those five years, and so they were wanting to to do that again. But they're kind of going about it not a great way, as we see later. But um, this guy is very fascinated in the group, and Sam even says, well, keep an eye on him. And there's also, okay, so we also learned that there's a lot of rumor going around that Captain America is still alive, which, fun fact, we know that, yes, he actually is still alive. He's just very old, has just been kind of staying low, staying on the DL so that people don't realize that he's actually still around. I loved the, I loved when he asked, like, does, does Steve Rogers have a secret base on the moon? <laughs> yeah. Because for for Marvel people, it's a it's a harken to Uatu the Watcher, who I think will be addressed in What If. And then doesn't that I also refer to um, what's that group that's getting a the a movie here soon? The Eternals? No, not. Oh wait, no. What was the one they started to make a show, and it was terrible. Oh. Uh, Inhumans. Yeah, didn't they have a base on the moon? I think so. Yeah. I couldn't... I, I tried to watch that show, and I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't either. They even did that theatrical release for, the, like, the first two episodes or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, mm. It was It was too soon after Game of Thrones, and the character who plays the villain, or the actor who plays the villain is the same person who played Ramsay Bolton. Yeah. 
And I was like, no, 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 no. It was hard to You're separate You're still Ramsey Bolton to me. Yeah. yeah. The episode itself was pretty good. We get to see Bucky with his absolutely terrible therapist. <laughs> uh, which I don't think she's actually a therapist. Because we I was watching it with my wife and she looked over and was like, this therapist is not very good. For those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a therapist. And... I was like, no, she's not. And then I was like, I don't think she is. I think she's something else and is posing as a therapist. I mean, I feel like a therapist for superheroes is such a niche. Like, you have to be able to ask really weird questions because the questions that she asks are not the questions that you would ask a normal person. True. Because Bucky has killed, at this, I would estimate, hundreds of people with vague amounts of memory for each one, theoretically. So that's not the same type of, like, so why do you uh, why do you always stand in the middle of rooms? It's not the same type of situation. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed you haven't turned your back on the door since you left, or since you walked in? That's not the same thing as, like, oh, so do you have nightmares of those times you murdered people in the 80s? Like, those are different. <laughs> that's right. A, right. I don't know. It's weird. Well, it, it's definitely cool to see what he's been up to, and he's been he's got a book with a bunch of names on it, and is making amends for the things that he's done. And of course, he's got a set of rules that he has to follow that he's created with his therapist. So he's basically just trying to undermine all these people that were affiliated with Hydra, and have like corrupted and, and, and been able to infiltrate the, the big positions in the U.S. government. And so he's trying to stop all those people. And um, so you get to see a little bit of that. And then he's also made friends with this old guy, which at first you're kind of like, oh, okay, so he found somebody who's a war veteran or whatever. And S Straight up, when he's getting lunch with Yori, my immediate thought was, Oh, that's so sweet. He's getting lunch with one of his war buddies. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. Immediately. Jay, I was wrong. Yeah, very wrong. Because <laughs> we find out later that... By the way, our podcast, for those who... This might be your first time listening. We are very spoiler-heavy on this oh ep on oh this yeah podcast. no that's a that's a thing that we are we we, uh, <laughs> we we come into this assuming that whoever's listening has already watched or read or listened to the thing that we're about to talk about so if you haven't that this is your your warning before we we go on so we find out that bucky while he was still the winter soldier killed a witness to a murder who just so happened to be the son of this man that he has become friends with. Basically, he's trying to, I don't he's know. He's trying to make amends yeah. to him to himself. Yeah, I guess because so. Because he, he knows that the son was an innocent bystander, but he still, at the time, had to do what he had to do. Well, he was programmed. Yeah, but now that he's not programmed and he has that nightmare... It doesn't make anything any better. That realization hurt so much that he killed Yori's son. And Yori knows 
something was up with that. Like he's like, I don't have a good feeling about this. They gave me some made up story, which if you think about it, all stories are made up, but that's neither here nor there. But I just, I I didn't want Bucky to have done that. And I realize he did that. He's got a history. He does. He has a history of violence starring Viggo Mortensen. So it was, it was a movie from the early 2000s. Not even the early 2000s. I think it was like 2006. We also get to see Sam, who's, you know, trying to piece back his life. Uh, piece together his life. And um, he's struggling as well. His sister is having a hard time. Yeah, so... Uh. So Sam gets goes and sees his sister, and his sister is also struggling. You know, she's living down in Louisiana, down in the bayous. She's a fisher, actually. Uh, I guess, I guess technically, she's a shrimping boat captain, right? You can ball shrimp. You can jumbo shrimp. You can... <laughs> shrimp stew, shrimp scampi. So he's. Uh, trying to help her out because she's really struggling and her boat's named after uh, their mom and dad. And uh, so he's like, you know, let's go to the bank. Let's go to the bank. Let's get a loan. Let's fix up the boat. Let's rent out the boat so people can can enjoy the, the sea life, you know, when we're not out there catching fish. It'd be really cool. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm good. People know me. I think we'll be in good hands. And, of course, they get there, and they don't get the loan because they're like, well, you don't have income from the past past five years. And he's like, well, I haven't existed in the past five years, so it's kind of hard to have a source of income. But, of course, you know, rules and regulations. John knows all about that. It's true. You have to be able to document everything. And uh, so that doesn't work out as well as they had hoped. Sam goes and, you know, he also gives the shield away. Rhodey talks to him and is like, hey, man, I can't believe you aren't taking this up, you know, taking up the mantle. And he's like, it just doesn't feel right. It ends. I, I love and I hated the way this episode ends. It ends with the U.S. government basically giving a big old number one to Sam. They give Sam Wilson the one-finger salute, and they're not telling him to wait. No. In walks a new Captain America, which... Has the most punchable face. Yes, he does, doesn't he? Thank you. I was... He walked up, and the first thing I thought was, he could fly with how big his ears are. I mean, I was thinking more because, like, his cheekbones were in, like... The the way his cheekbones are with the the helmet, they first of all it flustered me that they said your new Captain America, he is not excuse you, he is not Captain America. He actually that goes by man, a completely different name. That man is the, the U.S. Comics. agent. Yeah, the U.S. agent. Right. The way that I explain the U.S. agent is essentially like that um that one character from jessica jones who eventually like does the steroids and loses his mind and goes like insanely like roid rage that's my understanding of the u.s agent the best something is gonna hit the fan the best way i can describe the u.s agent is when you see something that looks really cool online 
and it looks like Captain America, and you buy it, but then it arrives, and it's not quite what you thought it was. Jay, he's Wish.com Captain America. (laughs) Yes, he is. So the the episode ends with the U.S. agent and his Charlie McAvoy punchable face, who's a hockey player with a very punchable face as well and he's just like strolling down some steps like hey look how great i am oh he winks doesn't he i think he points at the camera and he winks or something like that you're just like oh gosh yeah what a loser i mean i wasn't gonna say it but i was gonna say it i don't know man we got five episodes left i mean i guess they're just gonna hit the ground running with this i mean i feel like we kind of got our introductory stuff and now it's just going to be like, boom, 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 I guess. Well, see, there are two very important characters who were nowhere to be found in episode one. And that would be Sharon Carter and Baron Zemo. Do you think Baron Zemo was the guy that jumped out of the bank? Absolutely not. You don't think so? No. Zemo's the- not. Zemo has no powers. Oh, okay, so yeah, I didn't... Other than his mind, at least in in MCU. I think in the comics, he does actually have some sort of abilities. Hmm. But as far as... Actually, as far as we know, in in MCU, he was in a Wakandan prison. Right. Because Civil War ends, and T'Challa stops him from killing himself, and goes, I'm not done with you quite yet. (laughs) He, He essentially, Inigo Montoya's him. You killed my father. Prepare to die. We have reviewed that. You can go back to a previous episode. I'm not sure which episode it is. It was this season, wasn't it? I honestly couldn't tell you because that movie never makes it to the back of my mind. It's always like vaguely floating around the middle with like references that aren't applicable, but I like shoehorn them in and it's like, ah, yes, it's like, it's, I'm also not left-handed. It was like, no, I'm never left-handed in anything. (laughs) Why did I make that (laughs) reference? (laughs) But anyway, uh, starting episode, um, one out of 10. I mean, I'll give it like a, like a seven. The Falcon scenes are cool. Falcon Um, scenes are cool. It's, it's going to be some, decent plot to i think it's gonna start i'll tell you what i'm afraid of jay i'm afraid of this starting like uh the punisher season one because the punisher season one i think is 10 episodes but it's like i don't know five and a half or six episodes of plot and yeah then the ball gets rolling right. and the snowball turns into an avalanche right yeah i'm af- i'm afraid of that where it's like four episodes like three or four episodes of plot and then essentially like two episodes of action. Yeah. I I can I can see that. I can agree with that. And, and I know they're going to do something good. I guess it's just that fear I have cuz kind of like what you're saying, what you've been saying from the beginning is these are characters that you love. You know, these are characters that I love and I would hate to see them treated poorly. You know, I, I want them to have something really good. Stuff has to happen because half of the promo material for the show is Sam throwing the shield at those trees. <laughs> so right. unless that's a complete red herring, he gets the shield at some point, right? So we'll we'll just have to wait uh, a couple more Fridays, reevaluate from there. Um, but I'm still I'm still very excited. 
So far, so good. Absolutely. Well, onward to the main event. We're jumping universes from... Oh, I was, was going to say, Onward is another movie that we reviewed. Marvel on the, on the Cinematic Universe to the DCEU. What a, what a dumb name. To the DCEU, which actually more specifically is the Snack Zyderverse or the Zack Snyderverse. So a lot of history with this. Very interesting history. If you can remember back to when Justice League originally came out, which was, I want to say, 2017? That sounds right. And you might remember that there was a lot of promo material for that. Lot of pictures and cups and mugs and t-shirts and lanyards and Unite the Seven and... No, that was Aquaman. Uh, anyway. Aquaman wasn't Unite the Seven? Was it not? I didn't think so. The Seven Seas, right? Maybe. I don't I don't know, man. It's been a second since I've seen it. Anywho, you also might remember that in the trailer, there was a lot of scenes that were really cool, that looked really neat, and a lot of pictures being released by celebrities on Twitter and Instagram that had some really cool pictures. Like, for example, we saw a Superman suit that looked like it was black and white, and then people were like, is it actually black and white? Or is it just a filter? What is it? What's going on? And then we got the Justice League movie, and something didn't add up. It was completely different. Part of that, we knew already that Zack Snyder who had originally started the movie, was not able to complete it. And Joss Whedon did our beloved Avengers movie, stepped in and said, hey, I can do stuff like this, so let me finish it. Something didn't we add up, and we figured out later that Zack Snyder actually had a completely different movie. Well, not completely, but for the most part, had a different movie with... A very different tone, very different action sequences, and they had to do a lot of reshoots, hence the awkward upper lip of Superman in the original version. Enough people complained, enough people, not complained, but just begged to have the original version, the the Zack Snyder version released, that DC finally said, okay, fine, here, here it is, this is it. Essentially, yeah. It it was a movement online that gained enough momentum that it, I feel like it just, it forced their hand. And as as you alluded to, because it it had to have reshoots and all of this other stuff like callbacks and everything else, that told me the Snyder Cut was never more than a myth until they were like, "Hey, what if we do the thing?" And they did the thing. Oh my gosh. And here's the thing about the thing is a lot of the movie actually was done. As far as like the acting, go, having the scenes with the actors and all that stuff, that was done. The main part that wasn't done was the CGI. There was like hardly any that was done. I think I read somewhere that only like 35 to 40% of the CGI had been done. So most of completing this movie was actually 
completing the CGI stuff, which they did a fabulous job. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So, we're going to review that today. Not really sure how to review it, just considering that this movie technically has already been released once. We just got a different version of the movie. Um, it, honestly, it, it kind of has like Blade Runner vibes to me. It does. Because Blade Runner famously has like eight different editions of the movie. So obviously we only have, you know, version A, version B. They're so different that they're almost, they almost feel like different movies. They do. And I feel like going forward, one of the big debates like Blade Runner will be which version is the right version. And most people with Blade Runner say that the extended version is the correct one because that's what the director originally wanted you to see. Mm-hmm. And so Zack Snyder, you know, kind of goes the same thing with um, Batman v Superman, the extended version, the unrated version. Most people prefer the extended one. I know I did. It made it a little bit better. <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a hair, but it was enough that it made it did make a difference for me anyway. I so I I think I have that edition on Blu-ray downstairs. I don't know that I've ever watched it. It's worth a watch. Like I I'm so let down by Batman versus Superman. I don't know that I have much of a desire to watch it and yet here I am having also been that let down by Justice League having sat through a 4-hour movie. I didn't move. I don't well, know if I, I blinked. <laughs> like, I just sat there fascinated. Would you like to go first on likes? I will. Okay. Thank you. So, first off, I just want to say... Alright, let's back up a second. Wonder Woman, the movie, the first one, the first one we got, was amazing. So good. Very, very, very good movie. It was a great movie to really get the ball rolling on this DC Cinematic Universe. I mean, it was fantastic. Phenomenal acting. The writing was really good. Zack Snyder was involved. Okay? He didn't... He wasn't the main one, but he was, you know... He was in the room, so... He was in the room where it happened? Yes. The room where it happened? The room where it happened. Stuck in everyone's head now. Very good. That version of Wonder Woman was awesome. She was a just a total, just, ah, it was awesome. But that's what we got again in this Justice League version, is she was a complete, just, I'll say it, she was a badass. <gasps> I know. The whole time. It, it was amazing. I was like... Yes, this is the version of Wonder Woman that I love. This one right here. Not that 84 version that we got a few weeks ago. This one right here. That that one is awesome. And I am so sad. So sad that the snack that here I am say that again. <laughs> the snack. <laughs> the Zack Snyder the Snyder version. The Snyder version is not canon, canon anymore. No. And that just infuriates me. So yeah. that's the first thing. My first like, and 
Jay mentioned that we are very spoiler heavy in our podcast, and I'm gonna say that again because what I'm about to say might be one of the biggest spoilers for the Snyder Cut. Jay, there's a uh, there's a certain character that debuts yes in the Snyder Cut, and when this happened, I turned to my wife, who I love, and she sat through this movie with me. Wow, that's love. I just I just went, babe, 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 do you know who that is? And she just kind of looked at me, she was like, and I was like, that's the Martian Manhunter! Martian Manhunter, like, I feel like in, in mainline DC Comics is not really that important, but for you and me, we grew up on, like, the, the Batman animated series, and for you probably more so than me, the Superman animated series. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you got stuff like Batman Beyond, and you got the Justice League show. Right. And the Justice League show has Martian Manhunter as a big player. Yeah. So he is a, like for, for us, he's an important but underutilized character. So to have him be the mechanism that sets everything in motion to fix it was amazing. So so Jean uh Jean Jones is is the Martian Manhunt one of the other names of the Martian Manhunter and he visits a grieving Lois Lane essentially saying you need to live which kickstarts her it gets her to where crazy uh, revived Superman is and then she gets him going down the track of like getting his mental back in the right place. So it definitely feels like, you know, without Martian Manhunter's slight intervention, we we're looking at a very different movie. And then at the end, he goes to Bruce, not shapeshifted, just as himself. And he's like, he's essentially like, I hear you're putting together a team. <laughs> and Bruce is so just like done with everything. He's just like, Ah, uh, yeah. What do they call you? Cool. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, he's like, I have seen stuff that I never thought I would see. So I've seen things, man. No- nothing <laughs> surprises me at this he's, point. He's so to like see the... an alien floating there, he's like, yep, all right. He's like the, uh, what is the, what is the character, like the uncle from Independence Day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, to me, was... Like, the, the debut of The Martian Manhunter was absolutely the thing I was most over the moon about. Do you have a second like? Yes, a second big like that I have with this. Now, the main reason why this worked out in this version is because it was four hours long. But we actually got background for all of our characters, which was really nice because... In the theatrical version that we got, they basically were kind. It almost seemed like they said, "Okay, the people that are kind of come see this movie, most of them already know the background of this of these characters. So we're not even going to give like a full understanding of this person. But with this version, we we got to see everybody's background. We got to see where they were coming from, why." they were the way that they were the f- in particular the flashes 
introduction was fantastic and i really enjoyed it a lot when he goes and tries to get a uh, a uh, a job as a like a dog groomer or something i can't even remember what it was but that whole scene was really good i so i one of the reactions i saw on twitter to this movie was how creepy barry was in that scene when he was saving i think it was um iris it was yeah canonically that he does save iris from the car and i was like i didn't get that but that's because i was an awkward teenager so there was a lot of empathy uh from me there um but i know that's that's a reaction that has been published i guess could you could you say tweeted equates to published is that a different debate that's a different debate but i do know a lot of people take twitter as biblical stuff so you're not wrong kind of kind of bouncing off of that i think that's a great introduction to barry's power set um, yes specifically how he literally flashes into motion and shreds his shoes yeah they that was um, really cool they uh that was one thing i kind of appreciated too was they they took like physics into consideration when they did a lot of what they did with him because, yeah, if you were moving that quickly, you would rip out of your shoes. It wouldn't be able to keep up with you. And then, on top of that, like when he saved Iris, he didn't just grab her and put her down. Because if he moved her that fast, she would, like, disintegrate. So he, like, slowly moved her down to the point where she was not going to be in trouble anymore. And it just, it was all so fluid and it worked out perfectly. It was really cool. And then of course he grabbed the hot dog at the same time, which was really, I funny. was so afraid of him grabbing the hot dog because Ezra Miller's flash is so weird. I thought he was just like, Oh, a snack for later. Like <laughs> I'm going to get me a free hot dog. But then it goes back to to what we would call full speed or re- real life speed, and he is in the corner with the dogs, and he's like not baiting them with the hot dog, but he's like encouraging them, like, "All right, be good. I'll give you a bite of this hot dog." He's like, "I always keep a meat snack on me when I'm gonna be with the dogs," and I was <laughs> like, "That's much better than what I was expecting." Um. While we're talking about the Justice League Flash, I do have one question for you, Jay. Mm-hmm. So my understanding of the Flash's origin is that he is working in the crime lab, surrounded by all that assortment of chemicals, things that they have in crime labs. I don't know. I work for a mortgage company. I'm not around those things. And the building is struck by lightning, and the combination of the lightning and the chemicals and something about Barry himself is what melds him with the speed force, right? Correct. So he doesn't get his job at the crime lab until the end of the movie. How does Cinematic Flash get his powers? I don't know. They really did not explain that. I didn't think about that until tonight when we were recording this podcast. I was like, oh no, there's a giant flaw in this movie didn't he work in a crime lab but was more like the janitor or something are you talking about like in the movie no in the uh yes in the movie potentially i don't know that could have been a that could have been a whedon 
thing because I know Barry's dad, um, again, mild backstory. Um, Barry's Barry Allen's father is in prison for killing his wife, Barry's mom, but Barry swears he didn't do it. So that is one of his life motivators is to get into criminal justice to right wrongs and to to help innocent people including his dad so that's his quest for justice is not just as a superhero but also in his day-to-day yeah he's very Um, intelligent in in this movie one of the discussions that barry has with his dad is like i want you to forget about me you're young you have a life you need to live it you've just been bouncing around doing like dead-end stuff and then at the end of the movie he has his job in the crime lab and his dad's so excited because he's like, that's a real job job. And Barry's like, yeah, dad, it's a real job. (laughs) That, that conversation that I know I had with my dad about stuff, not about in a crime lab, but like once I got into my career, I was like, yeah, no, this is a, this is a real thing. Like it's a career. And he was very excited for me. So I just, I'm curious how Zack Snyder, Barry Allen got his powers. Yeah, which is something you can look forward to in the Flash movie that will come out someday. I love your, like, passive-aggressive optimism. (laughs) It'll exist eventually. So uh, my second greatest like of this movie uh, definitely piggybacks off of yours with the, the backstory that Flash gets is just the any story cyborg gets that's true yeah and i mean cyborg has a has a fairly consistent backstory across all of his his various iterations again for those of you who don't know victor stone was a genius level intellect who was also incredibly gifted athletically mm-hmm. so he is the starting quarterback on whatever team they put him on. They put him on various teams throughout the various media he's in. And he scores the winning touchdown to beat the rival. And he looks into the stands and his dad isn't there. His dad is never there. Never. His dad is Dr. Silas Stone, one of the preeminent researchers at Star Labs. And in the movie... What Star Labs is doing is studying extraterrestrial technology, including, but not limited to, the Superman ship. Silas is researching and researching and researching and burning the candle at, I don't know, like four or five ends. He found a way to do it, um, but he's never there. He's never there for his son. I imagine he's not there for his wife, because his wife is always there for their son. So... Vic is is bitter and he's upset and he should be happy because he just scored the touchdown and then there he and his mom are in a terrible terrible car accident and his mom dies and like conservatively what would you say like 75% of him is just gone <laughs> I was about to say yeah about 75% He has like half of his head is gone he has one arm down to the elbow he has one arm at the shoulder and he has a torso down to his rib cage. That's a that's, it. that's a very precise car accident. And you are one hundred percent. If you are not a superhero origin story, you are dead on scene. Yes, 
N- no chance. No. But definitely not. Because this is a superhero origin story, he is not dead on scene. He lives long enough for Dr. Silas Stone in his grief of his wife being dead and his son soon to join her. He experiments on his son with alien technology and turns him into the cyborg. Well said. And that that is that's precisely what up. happens. It's kind of messed up. He's like, I it don't is. know. I don't know what it's going to do. It might not do anything, but I have to try. And and even Victor realizes that too. Like he realizes how messed up it is as well. And he's like you're so selfish to the point that you thought that you had to save me to prove that you were a good dad. He's got a pretty tragic origin yeah. story for sure. But yeah, it um it ends uh well, he Cyborg is like a really a pretty main character for for the for most of the movie. Like he had he had more of a focus in this version, I feel. Absolutely. Once they get through his origin story, it's almost like he is... Because obviously you have the the DC triumvirate of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. And they are the, the S-tier DC heroes. But for this movie, it almost feels like the A-tier begins with Cyborg. It does. It does feel that way. We did get basically the same origin for Aquaman... Like, really nothing changed as far as his stuff goes in this movie. The only difference is, is we get to see, seen more, 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 I guess there's just more content with, between him and Bruce Wayne when they first meet. But really that, to me, that was the biggest difference. He, his stuff was definitely just more dialogue. Yeah. So it was more dialogue, um, when he meets Bruce there was more dialogue, uh, him and Volko, Willem Dafoe's character from uh, the Aquaman movie. And then I think any dialogue with him and Mara, because I don't know that they talked at all in uh, the Whedon cut. Um, but like you said, his is essentially, like if you just for whatever reason wanted to skip one of the hero origins, his definitely feels like the least changed. And also, to me, it was like the most boring too. I would agree with that. And I'm a. It was kind of slow. I'm a big Aquaman fan, and I would agree with that. Like it was the most skippable. But we do get a more detailed flashback in this one of uh, the f- original fight between the peoples of Earth and Darkseid, or the Mother Boxes, anyway. And um, we get to see a Green Lantern in the flesh, which was awesome. I'm trying to think. There really wasn't anything else that was unique about that fight. You get to see Zeus. Um, You see Zeus and you see Ares. Ares. Yeah, that's right. If you have seen Wonder Woman, again, spoiler alert, you will know that Ares, the god of war, is actually Remus Lupin. And in this flashback, he's basically like if you put David Thewlis's head on John Cena's body, like he is just yoked out of his mind. Let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else really stood out to me. Um, Stefan Wolf was much more intimidating in this version. His armor was living really weird. I actually, made out of little tiny metal toothpicks. 
I actually really enjoyed his armor in this because it was very much like shards, but it was reactive in the yeah. sense of like it, when he was talking to Desaad, who is his dark side's right hand man, right a- alien, right right hand person, second in command. I'll avoid it entirely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's Darkseid's second in command. Or when he's talking to Darkseid himself, he just kind of, like, bristles. And so does his armor. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, could you imagine wearing a shirt that, like, react... It's like a mood ring, but it was a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Yeah, I would, I would wear a jacket, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, another thing I really liked about this version as well is we get more of a background on why Stefan Wolf is doing what he's doing. Uh, we didn't really get that in the original version, so we find out in this one that he's been kind of kicked out of the group and did something to lose his trust with Darkseid, and he re- so he's he doing rebelled. he's doing this to earn his way back into the ranks, and um, so we get to eventually we see Darkseid both as a molten metal, it's like a projection projection thing and then also in person through the boom tube which was neat that kind of leads me into the thing that i didn't like going more into the the dislikes about this movie the first dislike was the one line that i loved the original version we did not get in this version which was when superman is resurrected and he grabs batman he looks at him and he says, tell me, do you bleed? <laughs> Which is what Batman says to Superman in their last fight. So I did I did kind of miss that line. And then the only other thing that I was really disappointed about was the fight at the end. The, the, the big finale was honestly a little underwhelming. I could see that. I would say again. I don't know. I don't know how we made it this far into talking about this movie without saying um, this four-hour edition of Justice League is rated R for yes. profanity and for violence, blood, including like gore and, and things. I I see what you're saying about the final fight being rather anticlimactic, and to a certain point, I agree. Um, but the final fight is also, again, as a warning, is where I would say the lion's share of that gore is going to be. Because Superman heat visions one of Steppenwolf's horns off, which was brutal. And then as they throw him back through the boom tube, which is the the DC term for portals to apocalypse, it's a very specific term. Uh, (laughs) Wonder Woman cuts his head off so his head and his body arrive in apocalypse separately and then i laughed because what's the first thing that dark side does is he steps on the other horn thing and it and that side breaks off too i i actually kind of liked the the end of the big fight i will say because it ends barry is going to run fast enough he's going to become this electrical charge to superpower cyborg to defeat the mother boxes and he he trips 
So Barry's like, oh no, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he does the thing that Flash does whenever he's in trouble. He runs fast enough to reverse time. Run, Barry, run. So. Which, okay, here's something, here's a thought, too, is, um, you know, he kept saying, he kept saying that he had that one rule, that he's not going to run so fast. So that makes me think, has he already done this stuff before? Or is it just in his mind he's decided, hey, if I run too fast, this is a potential that could happen? My thought is more than any of the other heroes, Barry Allen is trial and error. So he learns what he can and can't do by challenging those rules, by challenging his limits. So he learns, oh, it's possible for me to run fast enough I can reverse time? Ah, maybe I should pump the brakes on that because that has a lot of consequences. Hold on just a second. You got it. Okay. What were you saying? I was saying that um, of the of the Justice League characters, Barry does seem the most trial and error. Yes, definitely. He and is more trial and error. So he's he's had to experiment with what he can and can't do with his abilities, and I feel like he's he's gone fast enough to reverse time before, and he's realized like this has a lot of consequences. So I need to not do it if it's at all possible. You know, that's that's a very good point. I mean, besides, really, the only other one I can think of would be, like, Cyborg. But he and Cyborg, like, both have kind of just had to learn their powers on the fly. Because they didn't have any mentors. Yeah. That came before them. Um, You know, and they didn't really have time to kind of learn it. You know, they had to just kind of... Hey, let's just see what happens when I do this. <laughs> so, that's a good point. Well, let's see. Uh, you know, I know one of the biggest things about this movie that I know a lot of people were excited about was Superman was going to be wearing the uh, comic book accurate black suit with the white or silver S, which in the comics, if you're unaware after he dies from fighting Doomsday, when he comes back, that's the color suit that he has. And um, so that's kind of what everybody was waiting. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a question in the back. Yes, a question here. Uh, I was going to say from the front, but you really hurt my self-esteem there. Um, (laughs) In that era of Superman, when he wears the black suit in the comics, is that also when he has the mullet? Yes, it is. Uh, Then... Then why why did Henry Cavill not have a mullet in this movie? Uh, thank you. I'll hang up and listen. Good good question. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. I I'm okay that he didn't have a mullet. I mean, I think it would have been cool to at least have seen him with like long hair. But yeah, the you know I think that's what everybody was looking forward to. Honestly, that was like the least of my concerns. I was like, yeah, okay, black suit, that's cool and all, but I don't really care. Like, it's not that cool. It's just black, you know? Yeah. If you really want to see it in black and white, just take the normal picture of Henry Cavill and his red and blue just and just... Use an Instagram filter. You Yeah, use a filter for black and white, and there you go. Duh. <laughs> 
forehead. <laughs> but yeah, I I um, would say two of two of my biggest dislikes for this movie. They they go hand in hand in a lot of ways. Um, but I think some parts of this movie have some full-on Attack of the Clones level dialogue. By that, for example, for example, um, the the fight scene at the Superman Memorial, where they're trying to harness Superman and try to get him to remember who he is. Diana full-on Lion Kings him. Remember. <laughs> Who you are, Simba? No, Clark. No, Superman. Uh, Kal-el. She she full on hits him with a with a remember who you are. But anyway, um, so some of the dialogue is just real cringe, and then some of the dialogue scenes. I noted specifically there was one of just Bruce and Diana, where they were the only two characters in the scene. And the scene was shot from behind the character talking, looking at the other character, and they were having a conversation, but they only had the most intense eye contact I've ever seen. You could cut it with a knife. Like, have you ever had a conversation with another human being where you stood on opposite sides of the table and just stared at each other? That's essentially what it's like in the Jay, Jay is staring at me through his webcam right now. And that's essentially what that had to be like. Because it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It feels very comic booky. Like you can imagine that scene being lifted from page to screen. But in practicality, like you always look around the room when you talk or you pace a little bit back and forth. You don't just like laser focus, like, come on. It's like you're a you're an offensive coordinator and your quarterback just threw a bad interception. Like, look at me. No. You and me, we got to talk this out. Like, <laughs> no. That's not how this is supposed to be. You know, kind of piggybacking off of that. There was also some hints that there was maybe a little bit of love interest there between Bruce and Diana. Maybe not a love interest, but definitely uh some chemistry they they're definitely trying to walk them up to that point because i know one of the one of the main romances for dc has always been the will they won't they of diana and clark but clark and lois are firmly um in are enamored with each other i think that's how i'm going to choose to phrase that so you can't really have Superman two-timing on his possibly pregnant fiance. They kind of allude to it. They never really confirm it. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to mention that next. So you don't... Like, that's not something Superman would do anyway. But you need to have... I mean, you don't need to have a secondary love story. But if you were to have it, you have very limited options. Because kind of like you, like you said earlier... Barry and Cyborg are both learning on the fly. They're in the infancy of their powers. Whereas Diana has had hers for, what would you say, thousands of years? And Bruce has had his long enough to have at least had one dead sidekick. Right. Uh, Oh, man. Gordon says it. 
he goes, oh, what? So he's going to be a good guy. He's going to do what he did for, did he say 30 years? That can't be. I have to look at that again. I, I don't remember the scene you're talking about, but there's no way it's 30 years. Yeah, because they get that um, sketch. They're like, hey, this is the guy that they said attacked him. Well, it looks just like Batman. And he's like, he he goes, he goes, oh, come on. He's like, I know how who you think that looks like, but come on. He, he saves Gotham for 25 years and then decides suddenly that he's going to start doing the opposite. I... I want to say it was somewhere between 20 and 30. Golly. If you remember, dear listener, specifically what number he says, please oh email gosh. or message us because that's going to kill me. I'm going to have to look it up later. You're going to have to watch the whole movie again, Jay, just to find this one piece of trivia. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I enjoyed this movie, I'm not doing that. At least not yet. Jeez Louise. Oh, man. Um, so, so, why don't we jump into predictions? Because, I say that because we all know that nothing is probably going to come out of this. We're not going to get a sequel. We're not going to get a exclusive Snyder universe. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, so, John... Let's talk predictions. If, if we lived in an alternate universe where the Snyder cut was the original cut of the movie, where do you think it would have gone from here? Oh, we also get a little hint towards um, the Atom as well. I feel like I missed that. Was yeah, it a very? Was it a small hint? It <laughs> at the very end. Um, I forgot who it was, but they hand the reins over to the the alien research stuff to this Asian guy. And they say his name. I can't remember the name, but it's the original, the very first Adam. Because they talk about how... I can't remember the exact phrasing, but they said it that it was like, Oh, hey, that's a hint towards the Adam. So... Okay. Anyway, wanted to throw that in there too. I I tell you what, like you said, um I don't expect anything to ever come from this because as much as I bemoan Mandalorian season 2 as being fan service, that is 100% all this movie is. This movie solely exists to placate fans who were like, "No, this movie's terrible." All of these movies are terrible. We need something better because Marvel has something great. I think this definitely sets it, it sets the stage for what could be just an incredible Justice League 2 that we will never get. Where you have you allude you you play more with the nightmare scenes. The the dystopian future where Superman has gone bad and works for Darkseid, and Batman has teamed up with uh, Deathstroke and Cyborg and the Joker. You you play more into that alternate future, or even you don't go that far. You have more Legion of Doom, 
where you have Luthor teaming up with Deathstroke and you introduce some of these other villains uh, in the wake of, of 84, you could have Cheetah, but she would be, you know, 30 years older because 84 takes place in 84. So you would just build up that anti-Justice League, the, the League of Villains. And as the universe expands, you know, it builds and builds and builds to whatever their equivalent of Infinity War would be. I mean, that's what that's what we wanted, and that's what we're not going to get. Which is upsetting. Very upsetting. Because, fun fact, Darkseid came out before Thanos, mm-hmm. just for, for you kids at home. Do you mean in the movies, or... In the comics. Okay. In fact, most of the time it was DC that would create a superhero and then Marvel would make like a knockoff, a cheap copy. So who are the, who are the copies of characters that jump off to you? Because for me, immediately, right? Marsh. You have, well, you have Bucky, you have the winter soldier and red hood, identical characters. That's why I love them both. So you said Martian Manhunter and Vision. Okay. I yeah. I don't know that I had ever actually put that together. Holy cow. Um you also have Deathstroke and Deadpool. Which the creator of Deadpool straight up said that it was a it was a basically a mad magazine version of Deathstroke. Man, Deathstroke is so cool though. I I like Deathstroke more than I should as a villain he's He's good he's my second favorite batman villain behind raish uh hulk and solomon grundy i feel like they're and pun kind of intended on solomon grundy i feel like there's a little bit of gray area there because hulk has banner but grundy just exists true so once like Hulk versus Grundy, I feel like you are spot on in the sense of they're both just like Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. But Hulk actually has a Dr. Jekyll. That's true. But yeah, there's a. I'll have to. You know what? I'm going to find the YouTube video and post it to our Facebook page. Oh, so I would, Maybe even to our website. I would imagine there's a pretty expansive list. Yeah, there's a there's a pretty long list. What is a don't they don't they often say Batman and Moon Knight? Uh, are, a lot of people do say that. Are just yeah. kind of flip sides of the coin. I know um, movie wise, a lot I would of people say, always say Batman and Iron Man. Well, see, I would say Batman and Black Panther. I'm but. just any any rich person where being rich is their superpower. <laughs> right. I feel like there's there's a lot of similarity going to be there. Well, we better go ahead and rate it. Rate this movie. Um, <sighs> on a scale of one to four hours. <laughs> I, I mean, on a scale of one to four hours, I'm giving it the entire four hours. Because that's how long <laughs> I sat there and watched it. Uh, I'll be honest. I watched up through that first fight with Steppenwolf. The one where it's just the four of them. Mm-hmm. And then Aquaman comes in there at the end that fight and then i stopped it and didn't watch it for like three days and then came back to it (laughs) no we 
we sat down Thursday night, the day it came out, and we 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 did an HBO Max trial on our Hulu account, and we watched the movie, and we immediately canceled the trial. <laughs> so I was that annoying person at work Friday morning. I was like, "Did you watch it?" And my coworkers were like, "Did we watch what?" I was like, "The Snyder Cut," and they're like, "No." I was like, you mean you have better things to do on a Thursday night than watch a four-hour movie? And everyone was like, you did what? Like, yeah, I went home and sat down and watched a four-hour movie last night. That we had, we had slightly different experiences watching this movie. And it wasn't so much that I didn't want to watch it in one sitting. It was that I had other stuff to do. And, and I stopped it at a really good place, too. So yeah. it wasn't like I, I... It wasn't like I stopped it mid fight or something and was like, Ooh, I got to finish this. All right. So one to one to 10, what are you giving this movie? One to 10. I'm going to give it a solid seven. Definitely liked it a whole lot better than the first one, the original one. And, um, I am very happy that they got to, that they had this opportunity to Snyder's vision of what he wanted DC to be. So I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, there was a little thing at the end and it said for autumn, which I believe was his daughter who had passed away, which is the reason why he wasn't able to finish it. That was my understanding as well until I looked it up and it gets worse. Oh dear. So the the movie ends, it fades to black and it says for autumn like Jay is saying and autumn was indeed Zack Snyder's daughter but and again grain of salt because I read this on Wikipedia. Um she committed suicide. Yeah, in, I had read that in too. In March of of whatever year they were filming this and in may he stepped away from production he said i i can't i have to be with my family i i don't know how you hold that against him or give him anything but respect for that because he fought through that for two months dude yeah i can't i can't even imagine and then eventually he was like nah that's this isn't working. Yeah. So he goes and he watches someone else step up and butcher the product he had been working for for years. So that's honestly when I when I saw that at the credits, I I cried because that's heavy. So you said you give it a solid seven. I give it a seven. Now that I've brought the mood down. Um. <laughs> I so I have this this terrible um but also incredible ability where I can watch the same movie and view it through a fan lens and a critic lens. So from from my fan perspective of these are characters that I love that I want to see redeemed after a terrible terrible theatrical release of this movie this movie it gets like a like an 8 or a 9 for me because from a fan perspective it is very enjoyable. 
but critically it's really hard to try and get past the dialogue man mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like it it reads like a fan fiction and that's never a compliment so um critically i will probably give it a five which brings it averages me out to a seven there you go some honest opinions from some not honest people what i mean i've been called worse i've probably been called worse today if i'm being honest but you're not hey hey. (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's wrap up with a question okay okay this is a question from a fan of the show he loves what we do listens to us on his way to work every the Mondays every that first we... and third Monday <laughs> with fifth Mondays sprinkled in for, for flavor. That's right. <laughs> All right. What obscure video game or comic do you wish received more love and attention? That's so tricky for me because there are video games, books, movies, comic, like whatever. There's media that I love that I'm torn between wanting it to stay where it is in a form where I can love it versus it getting this culturally transcendent Game of Thrones level fame that I think it deserves, but opens it up to poor adaptation. So there's there's absolutely a line there, um, but if I, if you were to come to me and say, John... What is the one thing you would want to see adapted into an A-plus movie, TV show, video game, whatever? There is this fantasy author. His name's R.A. Salvatore. And he has this series of, like, at this point, 20 to 30 books centered around this one character. His name's Drizzt Doerden. And the arcs that he has had are incredible. The characters that he has existed alongside are amazing. And they've been fleshed out because he's had, you know, decades to write these books. And I would absolutely love to watch a high-quality pay cable show adapting these books. Because there's so much source material, you don't run into what you did with Game of Thrones where you run out of material and you have to just make it up as you go. So that would be that would be mine. But from a from a video game perspective, Army of 2. Army of 2 was a um I think at this point it's just a trilogy of games, but it is built around playing it with a friend. So uh they have they have what's called the aggro system. To where if if you and I were playing, Jay, if you and I were playing Army of Two, and you wanted to stealth around and just try and shoot people from the side when they weren't looking at you, you could. Because you could build a quiet character and I could build a very loud character. And the game would genuinely reflect that decision. Hmm. So the encouragement of co-op and the the mechanics that they have to to accentuate and build to your play style 
I I wish more games would do that. Very cool. So those are those are my two answers to the question. That was very good. You had some very good responses. Same uh same question, Jay. It's a very hard question. Um because for the most part, the things that I'm into and you, and you can probably agree with this. A lot of the stuff that we're into is stuff that is pretty mainstream. So there's not a lot that I can think of that I feel, you know, obscure. You know, there's not a lot of obscure. I don't kind of like what you're saying about maybe not necessarily truly obscure, but one thing that would be kind of off the beaten path for you, I think would be some type of high quality Superboy adaptation. That's true. That's true. Superboy is one of those that I picked up with the new 52 and the new 52's version of Superboy was very unique. It was not one that they had explored before because typically Superboy's powers were a copy of Superman's, right? So obviously he had flight and he was very strong and had laser vision and was, you know, pretty standard Superman, just younger and smaller. But the Superboy in New 52, specifically, he was, he had telekinesis. He could move things with his mind. He could also influence people as long as he had a physical touch with them. He could also communicate telepathically as well, as long as he was touching them. Um, But he was such a unique character, and a character that I wish really deserved more attention than what he got. He was a character that, like, like as far as, like, a show goes, his show or movie would be really cool. Like, that would be really neat to see. Because... I guess the reason why I like it so much is it combined, like, two of my favorite things, which would be Superman and a Jedi. (laughs) So, he was able to move stuff and push things around, and he was able to fly because he could then, like, tell, you know, through telekinesis, he could move himself. So he was able to fly as well. Character that I wish they had. He was a clone very cool character. Thanks, John. That helped me. Absolutely. I still have my number one issue in the package. I haven't opened it. Very interesting cover. It looks like he's being pieced together like a robot. I can't I can't remember that cover off the top of my head. I might have to just do it a quick Google here just so I can get the, the imagery of it. Um, but... If you've made it this far to our episode ending question, which I think would be a really cool thing to have going forward, to be honest with you, yeah, um, reach out to us or uh, comment on our on our Facebook post when we post this episode of what that uh, book, character, game, what what that is for you, what you think deserves more love, and it may be something we look into on a future episode. You never know. Yeah. Uh, we we love to hear from you because we like to get ideas from you. We want to we want to cover the stuff that you are interested in. What are the things that you think are important? And we'd love to cover that as well. 
So you can reach out to us on our Facebook page, our Instagram, our email. You can also contact us now on our website. They didn't ask us pod.com. But um, looking forward to next week. I think John came up with an idea. I don't know. You, the, the movie you suggested, is it on Disney Plus yet? I believe it is a Disney Plus premium release. Ugh. Yeah. So I, I have posited two uh, theories here for, for our next episode. One is going to be the new Disney release, Raya and the Last Dragon. I think the other one, especially in the wake of the Snyder Cut, would be kind of fun, is uh, Rank the DC Movies. So, clear winners and clear losers on that one. Um, (laughs) But those are two possible ideas we have going forward. Uh, Reach out to us, let us know uh, if either of those things um, float your boat. I was trying to come up with something to be related to the word gondola, but... Do you know how hard it is to relate to a gondola? But we will be back in one week, because this is our bonus episode. So we will see you in one week. And until then, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at they didn't ask us at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a longtime listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.